Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richard, good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today, breaking down news of the day, none other than the conscious Lee on YouTube, contributor on the breakdown. Always fascinating to have him on the program. Top story of the day, the implosion continues. McCarthy has now lost what, 11, 12 elections in a row. Also, the anniversary of the domestic terrorism, domestic act of terrorism that took place at the US Capitol. And Matt Gates has threatened to resign if Democrats work with Republicans. I got it all. Okay, let's do it this way. Um, remember the officer who died the day after that terrorist attack? That estate is now accusing Donald Trump, the former president, of murder, wrongful death. Let's highlight the ways here. Officer Brian Sicknick on the left. And the service program firm is laying to rest. Ceremony is on the right. This was back February 2021. The estate of a US Capitol Police officer died a day after the January 6, 2021 terrorist attack. Has now sued former President Donald Trump for wrongful death on Thursday, claiming that he incited his supporters to commit violence that day. The lawsuit was filed in the US District Court in Washington against Trump on behalf of the estate of the officer. Died at age 42 from a series of strokes, okay? Now I wanna say this, I need to submit this for the record. The right will say, no, this had nothing to do with the riot on the Capitol grounds. Let me ask you this. Do you think they would say the same if, I don't know, members of Black Lives Matter stormed the Capitol that created a cause and effect reality that led to an officer dying? Of course not. They only reserve that when the narrative fits their ultimate goal, which is division and power. That's what they like to do. There's more. A medical examiner said, a medical examiner said that the officer had not suffered any injuries during the attack on the US Capitol, where lawmakers were certifying results of the presidential election, ruling that his death was due to natural causes. But also said the violent events of January 6th likely, and I quote, played a role in his condition. His condition, obviously, played a role in his demise, in his death. There's more. Defendant Trump intentionally riled up the crowd and directed and encouraged a mob to attack the US Capitol and attack those who opposed them, according to the estate and the court papers. Why is this possible? Why is Trump allowed to be sued? for actions he did while President of the United States. Because the federal bench, a judge, said he can be. The judge classified what Trump did as non-presidential, meaning it did not connect to the office of the presidency. He was completely out of 
immunity boundaries for the presidency. So it allowed for Trump to be sued in this matter. Okay, let's go to Matt Gates. Here it is. Are you, are you gonna be okay, Congressman? Be Will you be okay then if there's ultimately a deal struck with moderate Democrats that give Democrats kind of co-control of the committees? You're fine with that? No, absolutely not. That that will not happen. There are two potential well, scenarios happen. here. No, that, listen, I'm on the floor, Laura. These 212 Democrats are going to vote for Hakeem Jeffries every single time. He is a historic candidate for them. They are not going to cleave off under any circumstance. I assure you that if Democrats join up to elect a moderate Republican, I will resign from the House of Representatives. That is how certain I am. I can assure okay. your viewers that won't happen. Yep. Now it looks more appealing than ever to have Democrats and Republicans work together. This could actually end the political career of Matt Gates. But he's lying, even if it does happen. Even if they do coordinate efforts, Matt Gates isn't going anywhere soon. Except hopefully to the pokey after he's indicted for trafficking an underage child. All right, so what's happening right now under the Capitol Authority? Well, it's constitutionally undefined almost. We have not had this kind of scenario where there's a lack of House leadership. You have 11 to 12 votes, still no actual leader selected. It has been well over 100 years. There's a budget that must be passed, it's called a rules packet. It must be passed by the 13th. If not, staffers don't get paid. Reimbursements of educational expenses do not get paid. A lot of good people get hurt if they don't figure this out. Matt Gates is the one who looks to be the most powerful United States Congressman in the GOP. All right, my dear brother, thoughts here. Uh, Matt Gates is the personified white entitlement that a lot of middle class, you feel me, white men are cultivated in. Um, we see that time after time again, the way that he put, uh, conducts himself in politics kind of exemplifies that. The word I'm thinking of when you were speaking is culpability mm. and how much culpability is right. always had in terms of different individuals, may i.e. you being seen as an accessory to a crime or the culpability of you being able to say, nah, it had nothing to do with me and deniable plausibility. You and I know that if you had some homeboys that got indicted for a whole bunch of things in this day and time, that would call your character into question. We know that, right? But somehow for Matt Gates and for Donald Trump, they can have all their boys get caught up in all type of indictments and all go to jail for different things and culpability. By the way, side, crazy to me. Very well said, and I completely concur. Okay, related but kind of unrelated. This is so interesting. Ali Alexander. Stop the rally organizer, okay? Well, stop the steal, excuse me, organizer. This guy has said that Marjorie Taylor Greene did illegal things. He was there and he's aware of these illegal things. And he's going to reveal these illegal activities to Georgia authorities. Let me first start with this clip, here it is. How dare you? You disrespect the Western tradition, you disrespect America, you know nothing about the founding, go home. Go home, ho, ho, go home. In the coming days, I'm going to reveal that Marjorie Taylor Greene 
in my summation and the summation of lawyers, committed a crime. That crime is going to be handed to the state of Georgia. And the state of Georgia will decide whether they adjudicate that crime or not. The House Ethics Committee and House Rules must expel Marjorie Taylor Greene when this evidence comes to light. Ho, go home. I am done with you. You are lukewarm. I am spitting you out of my mouth. You played me and no more. Everyone will know about your drunken night because the consultants who have drunk with you will have to choose whether they fear me or whether they fear you. And they fear me, Marge. They fear me a lot more than they fear you. You don't know this saying because you're too new. When you were on the cue boards and masturbating to transvestites in Seattle, I was fighting and bleeding for this country, Marge. I came here before you. I will be here after you. Ho, go home. This is all a sad reality of the implosion of the extreme element known as conservative politics is happening. Now this is, you know, a natural conclusion for individuals who really have no values, no morality. Marjorie Taylor Greene has not responded, at least according to the last check I, uh, the last time I checked. But this is going to be interesting. So Ali Alexander, a far right guy, okay, very far right guy, caught up in his own scandal for organizing individuals for the Stop the Steal rally, which ended up being a massive domestic terrorism attack. He says he did no wrongdoing. There is more audio, here it is. And the Democrats haven't gained one vote. They are not a threat to us. You are a harlot and a liar. You supported Q, you talked about Jewish people, and now you denounce people who talk about Jewish power. Now you wanna act like you're not into conspiracies. Girl, go get your teeth fixed. Girl. Go get your teeth fixed, is what the man said, okay? I didn't say these things. As a matter of fact, I'm not creative enough to come up with 80% of the content this guy just gave us. But I actually have more, here it is. I will not suffer this harlot. I will not be taught vows and loyalty, commitment from a whore. You have got me mistaken for some damn fool and a fool, Ali Alexander, has never been called. Fascinating. Let's put the picture up full mass here. What is this about? Why is he upset? He's a far right guy, she's a far right gal. What's the problem? Well, here's the problem. The great implosion that I told you would come, I did not expect it to come this soon in 2023. But I did predict it would eventually come. Now, here's the rub. Matt Gates is now anti-Donald Trump, ironically. Donald Trump is for McCarthy. McCarthy is endorsed by Trump. Trump is calling members of the Freedom Caucus, as they call it, to support McCarthy. Matt Gates went on national news and said, yeah, Donald Trump doesn't have you know, great judgment all the time. I'm paraphrasing, but he was critical openly 
of Donald Trump. Now, Bobert is with Matt Gates on this. Let's hold out. Let's get more power. Let's get more negotiation established. Okay. Marjorie Taylor Greene, well, she's now against Matt Gates. She's now against Bobert, calling both of them out and basically saying, what in the hell are they doing? Sean Hannity is now against Lauren Bobert. You see, they're imploding upon themselves. So basically, individuals like Ali Alexander, they're saying Marjorie Taylor Greene has sold them out. Because she has decided to side with McCarthy and by extension with Trump. So here's my question to everyone who is now anti-McCarthy. Does that also mean you all are anti-Trump? The fascinating reality is this, the individuals who are anti-McCarthy were 100% pro-Trump until now. All right, dear brother, thoughts here. Better get you some Red Bull, man. I seen a nice commercial about you know uh, tribe mentality or about you know collective mentality with some birds. And one bird flew in and told the other birds on the branch that y'all should not think like everyone else and get you some Red Bull, and it, it worked for them. You know what I mean? So we'll see how you know uh, having hive minds or having an individual critical thinking how it worked for them. To me, it's very interesting to see this uh, disorganization and disarray because that. Usually it's projected onto the black community and onto mm. black organizing like Black Lives Matter. So to see this disarray right now is kind of fascinating. And I'm gonna grab my popcorn like the rest of y'all. <laughs> let me put up the let me put up the um, graphic of one of his quotes because to me this is the most important one. He said, in the coming days, in the coming days, I'm going to reveal that Marjorie Taylor Green in my summation and the summation of lawyers committed a crime. That crime is going to be handed to the state of Georgia. And the state of Georgia will decide whether they adjudicate that crime or not. Now, here's the thing, um, I don't know Ali Alexander, don't really want to. But I will say this, Mr. Alexander, if you have such information, you don't have to wait to give it to the state of Georgia, you can give it to me. You can give it to us right here at Indisputable, I promise you. If it is what you have suggested, it will get to the right authorities, all right? Just an opportunity for you. Okay, we have an indisputable exclusive. No other news agency has this. Let's put up the video while I give you the background as to what happened. Let's put it up full mass. What you're about to see. Is, a, is an assault on a black male by cops at a bus stop. A 34 year old army veteran waited to use the restroom at the Indigo bus station in Indianapolis. An attendant would not permit him to enter until she replaced the toilet paper. The security officer next to her told the man to calm down and wait, which escalated into an argument. Officers from three departments, including an undercover sheriff's deputy, attempted to subdue this army veteran. The man says he was tased during this struggle. After he was tased and he complied with their commands, an officer put his boot near the veteran's neck. Right? There's more video. Here it is. 
The police did not stop. Back in their office, two officers lifted his arms while a third pulled down on his neck. Booker says the officer was choking him. This is still continuing. Does that look like something similar we've seen before? You know, we've covered officers jumping on civilians like they are themselves a gang. Do we have more video? Was that the last one? All right. Now, let's put up the picture of the individual who was assaulted. He never should have went through this. His name is Marquise Booker, 38 years of age, waiting to urinate and being a former custodian. Mr. Booker volunteered himself to replace the paper, the toilet paper. The female attendant denied his request. My history with the police and my community has always been tense and tenuous. Police have power, he says. And they don't want anyone to question them. When I was in Afghanistan, we didn't need four people to zip tie a detainee. Let's put up the picture. The Army veteran says he's had trouble with police since returning home. He said, and I quote, I've been pulled over 33 to 35 times, and only three of them have been legitimate. Booker was booked with five misdemeanor counts of resisting law enforcement, criminal trespass, disorderly conduct. The police report differs significantly. We have the police report. The Marion County Sheriff's deputy alleges Booker called the officer names and used profanity before he was arrested. But the video released by Booker lacks audio. Booker says all charges were dismissed in 2020. Following this incident, and the George Floyd protest, the mayor of Indianapolis, Joe Hoxett, and Metro Police Chief Randall Taylor on the right, changed their use of force policy so officers were banned from using choke holes on suspects. In July of this year, Indiana passed even stricter guidelines for police use of force in their state. A representative of the Marion County Sheriff's Office told press their department's use of force policy was already strict. Here's the sheriff, his name is Kerry J. Forrestal, right? Um, we have seen this time and time again where police officers obviously uh, would prefer to engage in escalation rather than de-escalation. Uh, they seem as if they are stronger, I guess, physically when they have others helping them completely brutalize a human being. These are the dynamics, ladies and gentlemen, that lead to the defunding of your police department. You see, if you really are concerned about defunding the police, you need to start with the police. Because out of all of the efforts of activists, those rallies and press conferences, the movement has not defunded the police to the degree that police have defunded themselves by way of civil action against others. The civil rights violations, these crimes against humanity, 
these murders of unarmed men and women. Well, who do you think pays for that? The taxpayer, you. Why would you not be upset at actual defunding rather than being upset at someone who says, let's reprioritize our purpose here so that we can actually fight crime and prevent it? All right, Conscious, what's your thoughts, brother? Man, two thoughts. Both of them center around patriotism and how patriotism is usually weaponized against black people and tone policing us. The first thing is, hey, when Colin Kaepernick was taking out them knees, it was a lot of individuals that sensationalized the military and veterans saying that we should always already have respect for those individuals. Here we see there's complete silence and outrage for a veteran that went to freedom ain't free. They say, hey, he went and fought for American values internationally and came here and, and, and getting treated. Like how you got treated. We also recognize a right now from K through 12, from East Coast to the West Coast, there are a lot of school children being taught about patriotism. They're being taught about patriotism in terms of what the red coach did to the colonizers and how we came with our patriotism views. It says that you all get due process, innocence or proven guilty, right to drive by jury. We don't see that right there. I see that those officers play judge, jury, and adjudicator. He was not treated to innocence or proven guilty. He did not get to see a judge. So we see that the two concepts of patriotism in this instance, well, we're talking about symbolism of the military, or we're talking about the actual values of the Constitution. We see when it comes to black people, it's a devoid. Yeah, and it's so ironic that individuals who say, you know, I want to be a law enforcement officer. Well, that means you need to love the law. You need to like it. But if you actually quote the law to a cop, and you're right, that cop will get angry at you. Even though that cop is a law enforcement officer, it's perverted is what it is. It's like having a professor who's upset about teaching. All right, we got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back, we have a lot of show left. Thank you for always joining the conversation. Uh, let's go to Trista, don't sue Trump. He does not have the putative deep pockets he proclaims, that's funny. Sue the US government, the family has, the family is likely better to get justice this way. All right, uh, let's go to Ashley Sims. And thank you for that, Ms. Sims, Ooh, snap. Lee, it's back, that's right. All right, we got a lot of people, very happy that you're back brother, including myself. Forbzilla Godzilla uh, Dragon says, uh, thank you for that. Uh, hey doc, you gotta turn up the charm today. Chat is fawning over consciously. Always nice to have you back, we did miss you a lot, all right. Look at him, he's, I think he's blushing. Yeah, you got me blushing man, you know, you ain't gonna put me on the screen right there. You're supposed to kept me in the back for that one. Let me that smile so my, own little, my right. own little world, you know. That, that was actually kind of cute. All right, the Little Gaming Channel, thank you also. Uh, Joe, go home, get your teeth fixed. You know, I so want to make that my new ringtone. But I'm in so many professional environments, everybody wouldn't understand. Or maybe they would. All right, also, uh, thank you so much for joining Indisputable. I got something for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would. You wanna call the police on them for having a barbecue on a and Sunday? You're gonna feel right. Back off! I'm gonna tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Okay, obviously, it ain't yours either. 
Obviously, I'm trying to help you get your money. So watch who you're talking to. I don't know what world y'all think y'all live in when y'all can talk to people like that. That's not how it works. It's respect. Nice. No, you weren't. Because I was sitting there watching you. Disrespect my navigator. Don't do that, man. Whoever they are. Because at the end of the day, we didn't disrespect you, so don't do that. I gave her a $2 tip, too. $2! Oh, my God! $2! Let's put the picture up after he met the anti-Karen at the wing stop. Let me say this, according to the narrative, this took place at a wing stop in Jacksonville, Florida. Now I happen to know Jacksonville is already full of anti-Karens. Wing stops are always full of anti-Karens. He went to the wing stop, all in his Karenicity. The end uh, screenshot there of him just sipping the drink after, yeah, I thought that was interesting. So not only did he do that, he waited for the shift to change and then brought the same energy to the shift that came after. Here it is. This is Joe. First of all, those who work in fast food should not be spoken to in that way. I've worked in fast food myself. Here's another issue. You see, they really did him a favor because I got some guys I used to work with when I was a young man working in fast food. They would have gave him all kind of secret sauces in his wing order. For a lemon pepper. Yeah. For a 12 piece lemon pepper wing. <laughs> with a melting for a 12 piece lemon pepper wing would have took care of that. Like, hey, don't worry about nothing. I got I got y'all after the discount. I got y'all some lemon pepper wings. They would have what you need, Mr. Lee? Some saucy. Uh, <laughs> here's the reality, man. Uh once you are rude, once you start yelling, once you start uh becoming irate. Uh, they can tell you, listen, just just go, leave the property. They have the right to do that. It's amazing to me how they are so hardcore about rights until somebody says, but I have them also. You know, Karenicity is interesting that way, right? They always insert their rights, but do not think you have any to insert yourself. The police threatened to kill a rapper for sitting in his car. Let me take you to the uh, to the audio, here it is. Uh, you can take off in this car, I'm gonna shoot you. I'm gonna oh. make it super easy on you. You put this car in drive, you're getting one right to the chest. So you I don't care what you got, I don't care on you. But guess what, bro, now you gotta deal with it. But if you you're gonna take one to the chest. So you're gonna shoot me right Absolutely. now, Absolutely. 
Absolutely. If you don't listen, you're done. You understand? For sitting in the car? You didn't comply or no? Comply what? I'm shooting your hands right there. So you're going to shoot me? I'm sitting in the damn car, bro. I'm sitting in the damn car. Move your hands from right there and you're done. Sorry, mother arrest or what, bro? You, 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 got guns you, are, like you are most definitely 1,050% detained. If you, do, if you do anything other than what you're doing right now, then you're going to have some major It's a damn shame. Put up the picture for a mass. Let me explain something. This officer said what was in his mind. Most officers are saying the same thing, but not out loud. They approach a vehicle with a human being that happens to be in black skin. They approach this vehicle with the notion that if this person just gives them a reason, if this person moves a certain way, they're ready to do what? To kill them. That was the energy the officer brought. So two deputies, and this was in LA, two deputies approached rapper Feezy LeBron in Crenshaw earlier this week. I'm glad he posted the audio of this encounter because it is important to understand the mindset of individuals like this cop. You can't reform that. There's no sensitive sensitivity training for him. No. There's no suspension with or without pay. He could come back later. This individual is rotten to the core, just like the majority of police right now in most jurisdictions across this country, rotten to the damn core. So rotten, they can't even smell their own funk anymore. That's how rotten they are. They think they're right, they're not. So let's do this. Put up the picture of the cop. The two sheriff's deputies who have been identified as Jacob Ruiz and Justin Sabatine approached the rapper who had been sitting in a parking lot with the engine off. Now remember, this is a human being. This is a person. If they have a reason to engage, engage them with respect. There are conflicting facts on where he was parked. One report said his friend's private lot, another said a strip mall lot. Per the account of the rapper, the officers were immediately apprehensive and assumed the artist was simply going to drive off without any indication that would ever happen. While the clip ends during what seemed to be the most heated part of the audio. Things only escalated off camera when the two deputies in question searched through LeBron's vehicle. It was clear to him at this point that there must have been a motive behind the volatile incident, particularly since LeBron knew he had not done anything wrong. I have my license, I have my registration, I have my insurance, I have everything I need to have. I wasn't sitting there smoking marijuana, I didn't have any of that going on, he explained in a separate post on Instagram. Isn't this really sad that we have to prove 
we have a right to simply be. The man was just being, he was just there. Now he has to provide all of this context and documentation as to why he could be there without a problem. You don't have to do that, or at least you should not have to do that. You actually have a constitutional right of mobility, interstate travel, that's codified in the Constitution. You can go where you choose to go. You have the freedom of assembly codified in the Constitution. These rights are given to you according to the doctrine of this nation. But as I say, culture eats policy alive every day. So while there's a written policy about the rights this man should have, there's a culture that's antithetical to that written policy and you just saw it. There's more. I'm hearing his voice, he says, I'm hearing his voice. And it's like, he's got so much rage, almost like Roy rage. So I just want to not escalate it. But at the same time, I do want to understand why this is happening. As you can see in the video though, he really couldn't give me an answer about the justification for the stop. The Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department has yet to respond. To the incident. In the meantime, fans have been flooding Twitter, calling for the officers to be fired for discipline. We join his fans in that same sentiment. Conscious thoughts here. Man, really for the black folks watching this, when it comes to me and how I do it, this is the reason why I don't like to play those left versus right games a lot, especially when we start talking about how black people are positioned in particular states. This man got his rights violated in the beautiful state, the blue state of California, you know, a state that is ran by Democrats and ran by liberals. But we see something unique about black skin that regardless how much the left versus the right beef, when it comes to material reality, there are some things that you feel me can be agreed on, I feel like. You know, the second thing is going back to that patriotism idea. Young Lee was so patriotism by the idea that red coats were doing harsh and unusual punishment to literal, you feel me, colonizers, the colonists, I don't call them colonizers, to the colonists, you know what I'm saying? And making it where we should always be able to be happy about the rights that we have. The last thing I'll say is that what happened to that, what happened to that man in California, our government justifies invading multiple national corporations and national companies, I mean, not national companies, because of fascism. Because of the loss of rights. And this is very important to point out. Our tax dollars goes to invade other countries to make sure their citizens isn't done the way black folks is done in America. And think about this, we are forced to finance our own oppression. Because these police departments are financed by black dollars as well. As well. And when they start to police black bodies in a way that is obviously oppressive, aggressive and inappropriate, we are paying forced to pay for our own oppression. We have more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back, we have a lot of show left. Thank you for remaining with us. I got some comments I'm going to read, kind of press for time, all right? Electric miscellaneous says, I didn't realize Dr. Richie used to work in fast food. Anna was a barista, John worked in a restaurant, AOC was a bartender. The terrible conditions workers in the fast food and beverage industry have to put up with must be a catalyst to becoming a progressive. You know, when I saw that comment during the commercial, it hit me. I think you're actually correct, by the way, because I can point precisely to the moment like it was yesterday when I was treated horribly. And I remember saying on that day, 
Lord, if you ever allow me to make it out of this restaurant, if I can ever be in position to help somebody else, I promise I will never be like that person. And I will always treat people well. And that marked a change, a pivot in my life. So I actually think you're on to something. I tell my college students, we are a combination of three E's, experiences, exposures and environments. If you want to change the core of a person, it doesn't happen because they simply say they are changed. It happens when they intentionally engage in changing their experiences, exposures and their environments. All right, that's how you change. Okay, Adam DeMont, that man is lucky he wasn't at a Waffle House. We've seen what those employees are capable of. All right, remember for six months, Jeanette Vila Lona, thank you so much. We appreciate this. Love being here. I love the total truth. Keep it going. Love you all. And they gave us some blue hearts. Thank you so much. We appreciate all that you do. Okay, an unbelievable but believable story. An autistic kid, a child, gets signed up by his mother to go to a program ran by cops. So that he, the child, can have an appreciation for the police, bridging the divide. She goes to pick him up, he has a concussion, he's in handcuffs, he has to go to the hospital because of what these cops did to him. Put up the picture for a mass of the victim, the young child, and the other victim, the mother, Richmond, Virginia. A 12 year old black child with autism was handcuffed and received a head injury while attending a tennis program run by cops. Sheila Jackson entered her son who has autism into the athletics program. This program is officer led from the Richmond Police Department. She did this because she wanted her son to feel comfortable around cops. Her uncle was an officer and she says she has a lot of respect for what they do. But on November 3rd, Jack Jackson showed up at the tennis courts to find her son on the ground and in handcuffs. Ms. Jackson said the staff at the tennis program said her son was getting frustrated on his serves. And they told him to practice off to the side, but she is unclear on what happened next. Her son said one of the police officers raised her voice at him and he started to walk away from her. He knows to try to self-regulate and walk away from a situation. And she may have thought he was being defiant, Jackson said. After that, Jackson said her son said the officer grabbed him. We ended up going to VCU emergency room. They diagnosed him with a TBI concussion, Jackson said. But she is still unsure why he was handcuffed and what exactly happened that caused him to get a concussion. He was around the police, that's what caused it. He was around the police, you see, this is how out of control this has become. 
this child has autism. They knew he had autism. The program was created supposedly to break down the barriers between youth and cop. They trusted you all. Y'all are some monsters, man. Straight monsters. This kid walked away because that's part of a self-regulatory method for those who may have a temper issue. He literally, as a child with autism, engaged in de-escalation and you did not. Is it because you don't value the life of children? Is it because you don't value the life of black children in particular? I don't know which one it is, but we all know what you did was wrong. No doubt about it, but you have been empowered so much. You feel invincible, do what you want to do. Jackson said she has spoken to various people with the Richmond Police Department about the incident a number of times. But she still has not gotten answers to her questions. The police report she paid $5 for does not have an incident description at all. Spokesperson for the Richmond Police Department said they are conducting an internal investigation that is ongoing. And they could not provide any more details at this time. While Ms. Jackson waits for the outcome of this alleged investigation, she worries about her son's mental health. She said he went from having the best grades in his grade in middle school to having trouble making it through a school day. As soon as the concussion, it's like bam, bam, bam. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's something every day, Jackson said. Uh, let's put up the police chief, Buck stops with him. There's your police chief, Rick Edwards of the Richmond, Virginia. Police Department. Now, we're going to be really aggressive and stay on top of this story. It is not only a violation of policy that goes without saying, but we can provide that clearly. It's also criminal in my summation and in the summation of many. This child never should have experienced what he experienced. But why are we here? Why did this happen? What's the cause and effect? You have to look at Supreme Court rulings that have protected officers and granted them a level of immunity from simple responsibility for their own negligence or criminal conduct. You also have statutory laws promoted by lawmakers in order to do the very same thing. And then you have a culture, this culture that says back the blue, no matter if the blue back you, it doesn't make sense. The blue is not a community, we are. The blue is supposed to protect the community. When did they become their own community? When did this happen? We allowed it to. And now this is part of the cause and effect of allowing a governmental structure to basically have more power than any other citizen or citizens group in your local community. Let me tell you why, if you don't think the cops have more power than the citizens. I guarantee you, the vast majority of your city or county, if the vast majority of your city or county, if you all say, we now would like to actually reform the police, watch and see does it happen. Okay, conscious thoughts here.
Man, uh, ableism and racism is the intersection of two ugly oppressions. Um, I also would say that when we think about age in this country, it's very uh, perverse, trivialized, and pathologized. When I was a little boy, I felt I felt like the world treated me as a man. Now that I'm a man, mm-hmm. I feel like the world treats me as a boy. We see that when a 21 year old, 23 year old white male does something, he's treated as a boy. He's treated as a teenager. You see what I'm saying? But a 16 year old, 17 year old boy do something, he's treated as an adult. And you see how in terms of even when we think about gender, you feel me? Most women or girls are seen to be adults at a younger at, at, at a younger age, but it's not materialized in terms of access or in terms of money. You feel me? But on the flip side, it's like, hey man, we're gonna hold women more accountable for doing this. So I think when you think about like age in this country, it's very filled with pathology and trivializing and a whole bunch of this. Man, racism and ableism, it's an intersection to end this little rant that we all should, I think, think more about. I agree, brother. A white golfer strikes a black male in the head with a golf club. Black man is still in a hospital fighting for his life. He's out on a $5,000 bond. That bond is being investigated by multiple groups. Let's put his picture up full mass. 22 year old Wesley Caldwell from Nesbitt, Mississippi. Was arrested and charged with only aggravated assault for allegedly attacking a black man at a Memphis, Tennessee golf course. Caldwell was released from jail on a questionable, very low $5,000 bond. And his father told WREG News, Channel 3, there's more to the story and his son will have his day in court. All that. Caldwell is scheduled to stand before a judge. Tuesday, January 17th, uh, we will bring you the update to that. Mark Coleman is the victim, let's put up Mark. Mr. Coleman was struck on the left side of his head by Mr. Caldwell. This took place on December 3rd. The left uh, photo may not be as current, but it is a photo, all right? Both men were golfing. They were golfing at the links, a White Haven at White Haven when witnesses saw the incident unfold. The NAACP Memphis chapter and the community are calling for an upgrade to the charge to attempted murder. That's exactly what it should have been in the beginning. Why did Caldwell strike this man? Because Caldwell accidentally hit his ball toward the wrong hole. That's what this was about, according to the report. A police report describes how the white Mississippian became enraged after The other player's errant shot sent his ball toward the wrong hole. Coleman and another player in his group walked over to get the rogue ball, but were met with fury from Caldwell. Caldwell picked up the misplaced ball and tossed it in the opposite direction. ABC 24 reported that. The Memphis Commercial Appeal reported Coleman's companion told authorities that before Coleman could overcome his shock, Caldwell hit him with a golf club and knocked him to the ground. Coleman tried to get up. But became dizzy and stumbled. He was then airlifted to the hospital where he had emergency surgery. Why? Because of a fractured skull bleeding on his brain. By Friday, December 16th, Coleman was still hospitalized and on a ventilator. The man can't even breathe on his own. The man can't even breathe on his own. And this guy gets a low charge and a low bond. NAACP is investigating this now. They told Uh, They said this and I quote, well, there's been an aggravated assault 
This is Van Turner talking, NAACP Memphis chapter president. There's been an aggravated assault. There's been a threat against the witness in his past. There's been a couple of reckless driving charges and a DUI and he's so young, he's only 22. But he's had instances where he's acted violently in the past. Let me tell you why that's important. Uh, judges are allowed to utilize discretion when setting bond based on actual criminal behavior. Obviously, that did not apply to this one, Ms. Caldwell. I wonder why. Van, thoughts here? Well, frightening and disgusting and sickening. Even if it weren't for the violent past and the reckless driving past, endangering people's lives, he tried to kill the man. He might, God forbid, yep. still still achieve that. And let's pray that he recovers fully and gets off the yep. ventilator and gets out. But the man is clinging on to life right now because of an errant golf shot. Yep. What planet do we live in? What world do we live in where this, this person's allowed to walk back on the streets? Let alone for a $5,000 bond and, a, and a, a, a charge that is not what it was, aggravated assault. You took a club and swung it. Probably at 100 mile an hour club speed, if not more, and tried to kill a man because of a mistake. Yeah. This is not okay. It's not okay. Period. Yeah. These are the real injustices. These are the real issues, right? Um, not the phony ones that many conservatives try to create. So there can be a legislative solution if there's leadership. All right. There's something really, really insane. We covered it many months ago. It has now come back up. An ex-cop, body fluids, um, underage children, a wife who was involved. Let's put it up full mass. Uh, let's put his picture up full mass. I would deal with Dennis Wallace Perkins first. 10 months ago, we talked about the wife on the program. And I said then 10 months ago, I said, I guarantee you the husband is involved. I said it right here on Indisputable, what that evidence has now come out. Now her husband, an ex-deputy, has pleaded guilty to sex crimes. Dennis Wallace Perkins, a 47-year-old former Louisiana Sheriff's deputy, will likely spend the rest of his natural life behind bars after admitting to a slew of horrific sex crimes, which reportedly involved two child victims, two adults, and one dog, yeah, a dog. While Perkins expressed regret for his despicable crimes, he also reportedly wished certain facts would have come to light that would have helped his case. Yeah, okay, so he's saying, yeah, you know what judge, what I did was just bad. I put vitamin fluids inside of cupcakes, made children eat it. I got involved with sexual acts, perversion, minors. I did all of these things, but judge, there's some other things that you need to be aware of. This insanity. Perkins was sentenced to 100 years, 100 years in state prison on Tuesday after the former sheriff deputy and SWAT commander pleaded guilty to one count of second degree rape. Two counts of sexual battery of a child, one count of video voyeurism, two counts of production of pornography involving children under the age of 13, and one count mingling of harmful substances. Officials announced, what was the body fluid? You can imagine, yep, that's what it was, okay? Now, this man was not only a cop, 
he was a supervising commander over SWAT. This man was over other cops. How depraved do you think these other cops were in his unit? You see, leadership flows down. That's how it works. What other crimes has he done that we are unaware of? Got away with it. He got caught this time. Do you think this was the only time, the first time he's done something this depraved against minors? Of course not. Uh, Perkins had originally been facing more than 75 criminal charges when he was first arrested. The prosecutors agreed to drop the dozens of remaining counts in exchange for Perkins agreeing to enter a guilty plea. He is also required to register as a sex offender for the remainder of his life. Now, the most headline grabbing charge of mingling of harmful substances was when Perkins and his wife, 36 year old Cynthia T. Perkins, used his semen to season. According to them, cake batter. Yeah, they're sick as hell. We covered her criminality back last February. But to recap, she then served the laced baked goods to students at Westside Junior High School, where Cynthia had been previously employed as an English teacher. Authorities said Perkins filmed himself making the revolting concoction. Cynthia pleaded guilty to charges of second degree sexual assault, production of child pornography and conspiracy of mingling those same harmful substances. Specific acts pleaded in her deal included aiding her husband in a sexually or in sexually assaulting a minor and aiding her husband in filming a minor who was bathing. She was sentenced to 41 years in prison, provided she testified against her husband and go to jail. In addition to testimony from victims, investigators reportedly seized a trove of incriminating media when they raided the home of Perkins shared with his wife, recovering more than 2,600 photos, 300 videos depicting illegal content. Assistant attorney, General Barry Milligan reportedly told the outlet that the evidence obtained in the case was, and I quote, the worst he personally had ever seen. Do you know how big a deal that is coming from a prosecutor? It's the worst you have ever seen. Once again, two people, positions of public trust, a commander of a SWAT team, and an English teacher of a local high school. There's more. During Perkins wife's proceedings, her attorneys repeatedly maintained that her husband was the mastermind of their criminal activity and claimed that Perkins was simply manipulated. All right, that Miss Perkins was manipulated, that's it. In an email to Law and Crime, Perkins attorney reiterated that his client agreed to be held accountable accountable for her own criminal conduct. A third defendant in the case, put it up, third defendant in the case, Melanie Curtin in December 2021 was sentenced to life in prison after a jury found her guilty of sexual assault crimes and video 
voyeurism. Okay, here we go. Now remember, this is psychopathic, right? You, you and I would agree, everybody would agree. This is psychopathic, this is more than perverted. But they were in positions of public trust. Let me ask you this, what if they did an exhaustive psychological evaluation on the officer? Like Ithaca, New York currently does. That typically disqualifies 75% of would be officers because the psych eval is so exhaustive, it picks up on things like this. You see, this actually works. Ithaca has a system that works. But why won't we adopt that system universally? Because it works. You see, cops don't want to actually reform. That's why many of us have to talk more than reform. We have to also talk replacement, replacement of these officers. You have to recruit a new stock. The stock you have, the vast majority of them, as I said before, rotten to the damn core. Lee, thoughts here? Man, imagine what those students feel. Imagine the trauma and all of the things they have to work through for the rest of their life. The broke of distrust for their educators and you know the, uh, the the classroom environment, and just really thinking about like what what those, what those students have to do with for the rest of their lives, especially yep. seeing that they got they feel like they got played. You know what I'm saying? So I find it's something that I'm really just still processing right now as we live. If I'm being honest with you, yep. and it's just really my thoughts and condolences to them to, to them kids. You feel me? They really didn't do nothing that. Shout out to the kids, man. Yeah, um, it's obviously horrific, but this is why, dear brother, we do what we do. We expose it, it's tough, it's hard. We carry these stories with us because we're human and we're okay embracing our humanity. But we expose it because while it may be hard for us to do these stories, it's harder for them to go through what they're going through. And so we expose the monsters and we set the record straight. We got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back. We have another indisputable exclusive. There's a man who had a fry cook operation in Waverly, Georgia. He was called the N word by the clerk at the store. Nothing adverse happened to her. Let me first show you the video. Here it is. This is what you think of your store? This is what you think of your customers? Have fun. That's that's why I won in court. I get everything, everything, everything. Okay, so let's do this. Put up the message, the tweet. Actually, this was a Facebook post. So here is the clerk who made the remarks. All right, the man, his name is Eddie Hazard. Records his coworker calling him the N word. So Eddie has a question, I'm going to submit this question as well. What is confusing to me is I get called the N word and I get criminally trespassed. Here's the man who says his coworkers hostility cost him his business, that's Eddie, all right? Eddie claims the woman cost him a successful business in the kitchen of the Waverly Mart convenience store. He says, and I quote, I was grossing anything from three to $400 a day, six days a week. I have lost major income behind this. 
We were the number one kitchen in Waverly Hall. It's amazing. I lost my employment income, everything because of this manager who is on tape saying the N word. She is still the manager. It's just amazing, he told us directly. When Eddie closed his business and collected his cooking equipment, the clerk, the store clerk, called the police to trespass him from the store. Now that's insane, right? He says, and I quote, I think something needs to happen to her. I lost everything because of her. We were closing down because of her. She was messing with my customers, making derogatory remarks. Customers even said they would not come back because of her. So here's what we did. We reached out to the manager of that store, right? The manager manager. And Shadri, the manager, admitted, admitted to us his clerk's racist language was wrong, but claimed Eddie had antagonized her and called her offensive names. The manager also claimed Eddie was taking equipment that belonged to the store. Now, obviously, he disputes that. Chaudry said it would not be appropriate to fire the woman. Eddie Hazard denies all of what Chaudry said. Eddie says a judge permitted him to return to the store to collect thousands of dollars in equipment he installed. He further says he did nothing to antagonize the clerk the way she did to him. An indisputable viewer who visits that convenient store contacted us to say she knows the clerk is racist. This was a bit of irony. This is the first time this has happened with one of our exclusive reports. She's very nasty to African Americans. Racism was always here, but it was kind of covered up. But it's been really bad since Trump came into office. I know that lady and I know she has that attitude. Mr. Hazard wrote indisputable, the kitchen was my dream, sir. I put a lot into that place, he said, a lot of hours, a lot of sacrifice. And I lost it because of her. Uh, this is a picture with him and his mom. Okay, This is a very decent individual, hardworking man created an avenue for himself that was extremely successful in his local community of Waverly, Georgia. Mr. Hazard is trying to raise money to retrieve court documents that show he was permitted to return to the premises to collect his things. We will post a link right here, all right? That's the GoFundMe site if you would like to help Mr. Eddie Hazard. All right, once again, you can call someone the N word at the place of employment. That person calls the police on an individual that should not be arrested. But the manager says, ah, you know, yeah, she said the N word, that was wrong, but we're not going to do anything, period. Conscious thoughts, brother. Hey man, consequences, repercussions for everybody. We know that freedom of speech does not mean freedom of consequence. We see that there is a lot of miseducation, misinformation around the N-word. And we see that when black people try to exert their humanity, it's seen as being a crime or against company policy. There it is, well said. Brother, always a pleasure having you on the program. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work. Yeah, uh, the consciously on YouTube, uh, theconsciously.com for uh, all information on booking, uh, workshops, facilitation, book on the way. Yeah, brother, always a pleasure, my friend. Can't wait till next time.
Yes, yes. All right, we got more on the other side. The bullpen is next, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. Let me go to this comment, C. Michael Henson. Thank you, C. Michael again. When the police say the investigation is ongoing, what I hear is we need time to make up a believable lie. And usually you're right, that's correct. Many times that's exactly what they engage in. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. In the bullpen today, we have actually one of my interns, a remarkable producer, person, leader, and yes, even activist. We have Jessica Artiaga, who is going to share some information about college and how transfer credits are actually an engagement in a discriminatory practice. And as a college professor, I wholeheartedly agree with the sentiment she is about to express. Uh, Jess, good day, welcome to Indisputable. Thank you, thank you, Dr. Ritchie, for having me. Um, you know, this only solidifies uh, that you know everything that I've been looking forward to is you know coming to light. And um, again, my name is Jessica Artiaga. I'm an intern for Indisputable. Um, I graduated uh, from Whittier College uh, with a bachelor's in political science and minored in uh, history and philosophy. I graduated with a 3.96 GPA and uh, pretty much just was handed a piece of paper and, you know, said I, I couldn't get my uh, I couldn't get Latin honors was my big deal and this opened my eyes to uh, different things that transfer students face like myself and so you know as an activist um, a little bit of background about me um, my. Uh, my mother's side, I'm Chiricahua Apache. I'm part of the Chiricahua Apache Nation, so Dagote to all my uh, scattered Apaches out there. Um, so yeah, that's what we're considered scattered Apaches. Um, our families ran to the mountains to be free. And so here I am, um, I'm that voice. I'm the person you know that's gonna rattle things up a little. Uh, so I did make some notes to make sure not to forget anything that uh, I need to talk about. But yes, college uh, colleges do discriminate uh, against transfer students. Uh, I, I, I've been through so much with college that it has left me uh, feeling Feeling overwhelmed that you know these school systems are continuing to to be like this, and it's time for that change. And so I'm here today to 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 raise you know all the other people that were just like me who went into the registrar's office and said, hey, um, can um you know can I sign up to get my regalia you know for honors? And they say, oh no, you you know you don't have enough units with us. And it's like, well, why did you even accept me in the first place? You know, you're not gonna go ahead and adopt a child, let's say, and have them sit at a different table. You know, I, I protested my graduation um, because of the egregious policy and to let them know that they hurt me. And uh, it's just, I think that all this needs attention. It needs to be broken down. It's it's horrible what's happening. Um, it's all policies put in place, and I owe I owe 
a great deal of thanks to Isabel Wilkerson. She uh, is the author of Cast, um, the discontent of our or uh, the origins of our discontents. And um, so I learned about her in my history class and. With that, I learned about the structures put in place to keep people like transfers um, you know, at a lower level, not receiving scholarship or success. Um, you know, there's so many uh, loops and hoops that us transfer students have to go through and there's not enough guidance. Uh, Whittier welcomed me and they said, hey, we'll take all your classes. And I'm, you know, people are aware that some UCs won't take certain classes, but you know, they're oh, we'll take all of them, you know, we'll take your money too, but we will not let you have these honors. And uh, I think it's time that Whittier, which is an amazing school, has amazing students and professors tear down these walls uh, that are suppressing students like myself. And there's so much more background to it. You know, 80% that go into community colleges um, say they want to get a bachelor's. 30% end up going to a four year college and only half of those actually attain their bachelor's degree. So it's the numbers are there, and yeah. uh, it's time for for Whittier College to go ahead and make be that change. They they took away their football team recently, and everybody was in a uproar. And yeah, I believe that they have this opportunity to be that great school. This is a dynamic, obviously not only contextualized in the microcosm of one institution, but you have many institutions who have adopted these particular policies that are adverse to transfer students. So let me highlight the ways. One, typically a school will say, okay, we can accept these credits, but we will not accept these other credits. Or two, they will accept all of the credits except for a certain number because they want you to pay money for that institution. So they say, okay, normally we would have accepted these credits, but we're not going to get enough money from you to attend this institution. So by policy, we will only accept this many. And then part of what you're highlighting, they will accept credits. You have an extremely high GPA. I mean, you graduated 3.96. I think you only made two A minuses in your life. So they accept your credits. You go do the work they tell you to do. You perform, engage, you get the grades, you compete. You compete at a superior level. Then they say, okay, but you don't get honors at this school. You're a transfer student, you don't have enough units here. The problem with all of that is that it's a caste system. It tries to limit or even sometimes eliminate who can take advantage of these, let's say, benefits of high academic achievement from particular institutions. Well, that's a problem for me. You are the engine, students are the engine of any institution. Transfer students many times will transfer students because they decided to go around that was more economically feasible. So what does that do? That sets up a scenario to where now you are dim, you are discriminating against mostly mostly poor students or those who have been economically challenged and do not have the let's say economic prowess of others. So now this is a caste system. You have a financial dynamic connected, and you have really honestly a business issue of why students do not have more say so over how these things operate in a company. Yes, colleges are companies in a company that they fund. Um, what happens next? This is an advocacy, obviously you're bringing awareness to it. But what do you think should happen next in 2023? 
I think Whittier should go ahead. I think they need to really look at their policies. Um, you know, look at the administration. You know, like I said, there's the registrar office that these students have to go to all the time. Uh, and they they see these problems, but um, it's the higher ups, the hierarchy that is in charge when it's really the, you know, let's say, you know, like if it was a doctor nurse comparison, the nurses are constantly with these patients, you know, so you got to have these administrators that are closely, you know, connected to these students and say, hey, these kids keep coming at me saying they want their, you know, where's my honors and they're not getting it. Um, they need to look at the policies, you know, because obviously they're, you know, they put these policies in place so that it could be at a snail pace. I think they, um, Whittier College has the chance to make this move and remove honors. I think that there's so many people out there that are so talented, um, but maybe not academically, but in other ways. And it just does not give a fair chance to other people, especially knowing the caste system, right? I mean, we need to break the system down to its bare bones, like Isabel says. Yeah. Um, and I encourage everybody to read that and you'll understand um, why these policies are put in place to suppress students like myself. Uh, we have, just, yeah, go ahead. We, I, I just quickly, we have one minute left and I wanna get this question on record. Uh, are there professors, administrators at your former institution who support you? Yes. Definitely, um, Professor Jalberg. You know, I got Professor Hanlon. They all listen to me, and uh, they, you know, I believe that change is coming. But I think that, uh, you know, once they do make that change, I'm pretty sure you'll give an update on that and say, That's "Hey, right. look at this school. This school is making a difference, and it's going to transcend. It's going to transcend all over the world, and realize that these institutions are, uh, you know, when you're exposed now." Yeah. To the board of trustees, your alumni speaks, you should listen because they are the ones who will ultimately fund the institution by way of contributions back to you. The worst thing you wanna do is disenfranchise those who graduate from the college that you oversee. My dear sister, thank you so much. Tell people I think follow you, check out your work. Uh, you can find me at the left hand gal on YouTube, Instagram and Twitter. I love Such you guys, I love the team. I like Jordan, everybody, Dr. Ritchie, all the team behind the scenes. You guys are awesome and the audience is awesome. I always read your guys' comments. So please follow me at the left hand gal. Thanks we, guys. We love you back, all right. So glad you did this. Okay, remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember the truth is always indisputable.